0: Welcome to the Valleybrook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a message from our current series, Because He Lives. This series digs deep into just how much Jesus' death on the cross impacts us in the best way. To watch any of our previous messages or find all listening platforms, we encourage you to visit www.valleybrook.cc forward slash on demand. Enjoy. Well, today we're kicking off a three-week series, Called Connect because we're talking about connections. And it's important that we realize that when we look at all of our relationships, those relationships that uh, we have with our parents, and if you have children, those you have with your children, if you're married, those relationships that you have with your spouse, but also with the relationships that you have with others, with others in the body of Christ, with folks that aren't in the body of Christ, with neighbors, with co workers, whatever, we're going to be looking at those connections and looking at what. The scriptures teach us about connections, and it's important for us to to recognize that. Now, today we're going to be looking at the parent-child relationship, and I recognize that not everybody is a parent, but we've all been children, and I believe that what we're going to learn here, what we're going to see from scripture, is that we will see that there are some things that can apply to any of our relationships and let me say this, right up front, I want you to know that I was neither a perfect child, and, uh, nor have I been a perfect father. Um, and in preparation for this series, I've been doing some research, and I read a book by Andy and Sandra Stanley, a book called Parenting, Getting It, right? And I found it both insightful and practical, and it it affirmed some of the things that uh, we did well raising kids, and it also showed us some things where we we could have done things a little bit different. But I would tell you this, I recommend that book wholeheartedly to anybody who is a parent. But uh, let's start and look at the parent side of the relationship connection, and then we'll turn over to the children's side of the relationship. So here's the first thing that I believe scripture tells us, is that we need to parent, as we parent, choose the right direction in which we parent. There is a proverb that speaks to this idea of choosing the right direction for raising children, and it says this, start children off in the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Now, There may be some season, if you're a parent raising your kids, where you're going, I don't know if they're ever going to turn back to it, but uh, we trust God in all of this. Uh, But you know, this raises a question that needs to be answered. What is the way that we want our children to go? In other words, what's our goal for our children? Maybe we want our child to follow in our footsteps and be the next generation of whatever we are. Maybe we want our kids to be a superstar athlete or an artist. Maybe we want our kids to make us proud. Maybe we want our kids to make us look good. I mean, some of the reasons, some of the goals that we have for kids may not be exactly what we would think in in the big picture, but the big picture is this. We need to choose the right direction, and whether we recognize it or not, when we have a child, we consciously or unconsciously start raising that child in a certain direction, and that direction affects our children emotionally, relationally, and spiritually, now, I'm going to tell you what that direction should be. In fact, I think that every parent would want to start their parenting off with this goal. And I'm not saying it just because this goal was what I saw in the book that was written by Andy and Sandra Stanley. But I think that the way they articulate it is important. And they say this, that our goal was to raise our kids to enjoy being with us and with each other even when they no longer have to be. In other words, we're talking about the goal is to have a meaningful, lifelong relationship with our children where everyone enjoys one another. So that may not have been what you were expecting me to say, but hang with me. So the direction that our parenting needs to start toward and continually parent toward is toward being in healthy, appropriate relationships with one another. And as I said, truly, this can apply to our goal in all relationships but we're talking about the parent-child relationship here now if you're thinking that goal for parenting toward relationship doesn't sound distinctively Christian hang on I'm going to show you that it does so you know the Bible's message from the front at front to back is a story of God pursuing humanity so he can have a relationship with us God's ultimate act to connect with us was to send Jesus so we could know God and so that Jesus could come and pay the ultimate price so that our sins would no longer prevent us from having a connection with God. In fact, the Old Testament shows how God pursued us for thousands of years. And the Gospels show us how God sent Jesus to connect with us and help us understand and know God in a relational way. And the rest of the New Testament shows us how to live in that relational, that relationship with God and also with others, which is a reflection of how we live in a relationship with God. So, uh, while the Bible is not a parenting manual, it does in fact give us insight in how to parent toward that relationship that we want with kids. So, In the pursuit of being in an appropriate parent-child relationship, we have to remember some things. And the first is this, discipline restores, punishment destroys. The Bible gives us some important words about parenting. In two different places, the Apostle Paul is inspired by the Holy Spirit to speak on some very important topics of parenting. And you'll see in these verses that he was inspired to tell parents how to discipline their children without destroying them for their disobedience. In Colossians, we read this. Parents, don't come down too hard on your children or you'll crush their spirits. And then in the book of Ephesians, we read, and now a word to you parents, don't keep on scolding and nagging your children, making them angry and resentful. Rather, bring them up with the loving discipline the Lord himself approves with suggestions and godly advice. So, discipline addresses bad behavior with instructional correction. Discipline teaches a child what is right and what is wrong. Discipline teaches a child that there are consequences for bad behavior. And thus, going back to the idea of parenting for relationship, discipline can restore relationships, but punishment on the other hand delivers a consequence, but doesn't restore the relationship. And I'll just share with you a cute story, a rather delightful story of, uh, that Andy shared about how his wife had to deal with a discipline issue with their two sons when they were eight and ten years old. They had had a babysitter over for a night out, and when they got home, they went through the normal routine. They'd asked the babysitter, how did it go? And very reluctantly, she shared with them that it didn't go well, and in fact, they had been very disrespectful to her. So the next morning, Andy says that Sandra got the boys up early and they realized something was wrong because she made them get dressed, made them sit at their desks and write the babysitter an apology letter. And then she laid out what was gonna happen. She said, I want you to get your piggy banks. I want you to get all the money from your piggy banks and we're gonna go down to the store and you're gonna buy, each of you are gonna buy a bouquet of flowers and then we're gonna go to Pam, that was the babysitter's name, we're gonna go to Pam's office and we're gonna walk to her desk and you're going to give her your note and you're gonna give her the flowers and then you're going to apologize to her in person. Now, Andy said the boys would have done anything. They would have given up all their Christmas toys. They would have done whatever it was that they wanted them to do but that. But here's what she taught them. She taught them what was good behavior and what was bad behavior, and she used the discipline to restore the broken relationship that their disrespect had created. See, we seek to parent toward relationship building with our kids. Now, as we do that, we need to understand something, that words have weight, The Bible teaches us that the tongue has the power of life and death. That means that the words that we speak can build others up or they can tear them down. And the words from a parent, let's face it, have more weight than the words of others. Now. Uh, Thanks to the teaching of godly men and women, I I learned that a long time ago. And I've tried to use my words to speak life to my children. But as I reflect on 30 years of parenting, I can think of incidents and times when I I let my emotions get away with me and uh, I regret what I said. And of course, I apologized, but the words were there. So it's important for us to reflect on our conversations in the past And if we have to do some apologizing, that's important, but it's also important for us to think about our conversations in the future. We need to seek to encourage and find ways to praise them more than to be critical or negative. Uh, Sarcasm is something children can't understand. And, you know, as I share this and as I prepare for this message, I, I realize that it's not unusual for me to hear from an adult who said, you know, my parents never told me they were proud of me. They never said that they loved me. And I know those are, those are hard realities for some of us. But I recognize this, that even though we may not have experienced that, we get the opportunity to break the cycle and tell our kids that we love them and that we're proud of them. And I would say this, as a dad speaking to dads, sometimes we are way too stingy with praise and affirmation so don't be stingy in fact uh, I, I read this week uh, some a story about the quarterback Brett Favre uh, he tells a story that uh, when he went to the football hall of fame that he had never shared in public he said you know my, in high school my father was my football coach and after one game when he said I didn't play particularly well I sat outside dad's office and I overheard him talking to the other coaches this is what he said He said, I can assure you one thing about my son. He will play better. He will redeem himself. I know my son, he has it in him. You know, when you think about the fact that uh, Brett Favre from then went on to become a Hall of Fame uh, player, you realize that he did redeem himself. And, And he said this, I never forgot that statement. I spent the rest of my career trying to redeem myself. That shows you the weight that the words of parents have. So we need to use them well. Here's the third thing that I think is very important. It comes straight from Scripture. Is that faith in Jesus must be modeled by us. In the book of Deuteronomy, God tells the people of Israel uh, some important things. In uh, the sixth chapter, uh, God says, you know, you need to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And then he says this. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. He's talking about daily life. He's talking about impressing God's word upon children. And think this through. If, if we want our children to become followers of Jesus, we're going to need to live out our faith in front of them in day-to-day life. We're going to need to talk about it. We're going to need to demonstrate it. We're going to need for them to see us doing our best to be followers of Jesus. You know, I I realize this. I, I believe that faith in Christ, it can be taught, but it's best if it's caught. They need to catch us living out our faith for Jesus You know, we recognize that we want our kids to become followers of Jesus. And so if we want our kids to become followers, we need to model that behavior in front of them. Now, of course, just because we're Christ followers doesn't guarantee that our kids will follow Jesus. So I will say this to you. If your child grows up and they choose a belief system or a way of living that doesn't match your belief or your worldview world or your values, uh, if that doesn't match up with Christianity, or if they choose not to believe in them, I want you to remember two things. First, don't give up on them. Love them like you always have. And that means don't bombard them with judgment or disapproval or, or uh, you know, giving them material that you want them to read or whatever it is. And, and don't, don't freak out. You know, don't try to be a, a theologian who wins them back to Christ. Walk with them. Let them know that you're for them. And And, that mean, and here's the second thing that, that that will mean. It means you need to pursue that relationship with him. Let me go back and share with you something Andy Stanley wrote. He said, parenting with the relationship in mind positions you to navigate difficult discussions regarding faith, with the relationship with your child in mind as well. Because parenting with the relationship in mind ensures that you will lead with values rather than beliefs. What you value most about your children is being in a relationship with them. And so as you keep that relationship in the forefront, you can navigate their decisions to live certain ways and have certain beliefs and demonstrate the unconditional love to God and Jesus Christ with them. You know, we all want our kids to become Christians, but the bottom line is the best way to help them become followers of Jesus is for us to be fully devoted followers of Jesus, living in front of them all of our life. So that's what the scripture tells us about how to build the relationship connection but from parent to child, but what about from how to build a relationship connection from child to parent. Well, children need to do this. They need to choose the right response. You know, the Bible places a high value on how children respond to their parents. And in the section of the book of Leviticus that's referred to as the Holiness Code, it instructs God's people in holy behavior. And in that section, we read these words each of you must respect your mother and father, and you must observe my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. So here God is speaking. And and scholars point out that the word used for respect here is normally the word used in Hebrew for how one respects God. But it's interesting that they use it here of parents. And so they point out this underlines that the devotion and reverence that is to be demonstrated to one's uh, parents is high in order and sacred. Uh, The fact that the first admonition regarding holiness entails how to treat one's parents indicates that holiness begins in the home. Now, as I point this out, what God's word tells us how to, that we're supposed to respect our parents, I'm well aware that sometimes the child-parent relationship can be complicated. It can be complicated due to past history and, and respect can be hard to give if you've been hurt by a parent or if you've disagreed severely over something or, or if your parent has done something worse. Now, I don't know if this will help you, but let me share it. You know, over my lifetime... Uh, I have recognized um, that sometimes uh, there are people in positions of authority in my life Uh, whether it be on a local level or on a national level, that I struggle with accepting their policies or positions or or their personality. And what I've come to recognize is that I'm going to respect them because of their position, not because of everything they say or do or believe. Now, I don't know if that helps, but I think that's one way for us to recognize our call to respect our parents. Now, just as the uh, scriptures about parents connection with children is about maintaining a good and healthy relationship, the same is true about children's connections with their parents. So let me flesh out what that looks like. The first thing we need to do is honor them. Uh, when the Apostle Paul gave instructions to family members, he gets, uh, when he gets to children, he refers back to the fifth commandment of the Ten Commandments. And this is what he wrote. Honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with a promise, so it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. We can't ignore that God saw that honoring parents was so important that he included it in the Ten Commandments, that God tied it also to a resulting blessing. When God commanded Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply, we can see that he is telling us that Uh, having children and and raising them well is a sacred duty it's a sacred calling that makes the parent to child relationship sacred but this commandment as Paul explains it shows that there is a reciprocal child to parent relationship that is also just as sacred we're supposed to honor our parents for their roles in our lives for the blood, sweat, and tears that they invested in their calling to raise us, even if we don't remember it, even though we may not have recognized it at the time. Honoring our parents doesn't mean that they were perfect. It doesn't mean that we gloss over their mistakes in raising us or the hurts that they may have caused, but we're honoring them and their role in our lives. You see, having a culture of honor in the family is important to God, so much so that he ties it to this blessing. He says, honor them so that your life may go well and be long. One aside, if you're troubled by what Paul said about that commandment to honor the parents being the first commandment with a promise, and we know, number one, it's not the first of the 10 commandments, and we know, number two, it's actually not the first commandment that's given that carries with it a promise. So how do we reconcile that with what Paul is saying compared to what we read in the, New, in the Old Testament? What we understand is that he is following the traditions of the rabbis. Because remember, he was a student of Scripture. He was a Pharisee. And they said that the fifth commandment was considered to be the weightiest of all, the the most important. So it was first, not by order, and not by having a promise attached to it, but it was first in order of weight. So having respect for our parents, honoring them is a practical way to do that. The next thing that we need to and this will not be a surprise because your parents probably said it to you at some time, but we need to listen to them. I think Proverbs speaks for itself. It says, my child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. What you learn from them will crown you with grace and be a chain of honor around your neck. So moms and dads have important lessons, life lessons, other things, values, and experiences to share with us to teach us. It's important for us to listen to them. Obviously, not just uh, obviously when you're small and you're a child, but you know, even as we grow older, they have wisdom to impart to us, and, and it's almost as if this scripture also comes with a promise because it says, what you learn with them will crown you with grace and be a chain around your neck. I think of all the times that I've shared something with someone or with my children uh, about an experience that I've had, and sometimes I've shared my experience that didn't go well so that they wouldn't make the same mistake that I did. So, there's grace when somebody shares something with them so you don't make the same mistake. Uh, there's, there's an honor when we accept that instruction and, and it honors that parent child relationship. So, we listen to them. And then we also obey them. In two different letters, the Apostle Paul speaks to children, telling them to obey their parents. In Colossians, he writes, Children, always obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. And in Ephesians, he writes something very similar, saying, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. He's telling children that when we obey our parents, we're actually obeying the Lord. We're we're accepting that they have an authority in our lives that has been given to them by God, and that we need to respect that authority and, that, and follow it and, and trust that they know what is right for us. Now, again, a little bit of an explanation. It, it, we have to mention that there could be some exceptions. So when children are asked to do something that's unethical or illegal or immoral or when they're harmed or in danger of being harmed, the command to obey this has to be superseded by a higher biblical practice of obeying God rather than parents when they want to do something that would harm us. As children, we see that we have a response to choose with regards to our parents. Uh, the response is that we know comes from knowing God and his instructions for us, and so we choose to follow him. We're commanded by God to maintain the relationship with our parents in an honorable way because that relationship of children to their parents is as important as the relationship of parents to children. So, you know, as I started this message off, one of the things I wanna say is, you know, we've all been children at some point in our lives. We grew up with parents and, and uh, we understand that side. And, and even if we've never been a parent, I believe that all of these instructions that come from Scripture not only tell us how to live in our relationship with our parents, but also with others, to create a culture of honor and respect where we employ what Scripture teaches us in all of our relationships. I also recognize this, that uh, as you hear a message like this, you may reflect on a relationship that's not going well, whether it's with your parents or with your children. And this is what I encourage people all the time. I am a firm believer in doing counseling and therapy, and I believe it's important. I've done it many times in my life. Cynthia and I have done it in our marriage because I believe there are times that we have to work through things, and we just can't figure it out on our own, and we need uh, the godly advice and uh, hearing from somebody who is a follower of Jesus who can help us with those decisions and those relationship struggles that we're having. And so if you are ever interested in a list of counselors that I recommend in the area, please send me an email at connect at valleybrook.cc because I would be happy to share my list of counselors with you because I, I believe it's something that is very important and that we're investing in those relationships, and they're critical. So as I close out this message, I want to spend a little bit of time in prayer. And so I want to pray for us in our, our parent-to-child relationship and our child-to-parent relationship. So if you would, bow your heads and let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that your word speaks to our connections that we have, the connections that we have with our parents, mom and dad and also if we have children the connections we have with them and lord we know that you desire for us to to embrace a culture of honor that you have shown us through jesus and so lord i pray that we could walk in that light and in those instructions that we could be filled with your spirit to live those out. And Lord, I, I pray also for any of us who have wounds in those relationships that need to be healed. And I pray that you would provide us with care and counseling uh, through your Holy Spirit and through others in the body of Christ to help uh, bring healing and harmony and honor in all of our relationships. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.